What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is your first time checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second, a bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and awesome folks that are on our radar and discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to create their content run their business, and overall, be more productive. When it comes to the toys aspect of the show, we like to embrace that in a more broad sense and not relegate it to just talking about action figures, Funko Pops, or things of that nature. You'd be surprised what people consider toys, whether it's something as simple as collecting Beanie Babies to something as complex as exotic cars or knives or guitar picks. Everyone has their own definition of toys here, and we embrace that wholeheartedly. Now, With that out of the way, let's get into some housekeeping and into this week's show. So first off, obviously, it's been a couple of weeks since we did an episode. And for those of you that checked out the November update and heard a little bit about that, just to update everyone who may have either not heard it or if this is your first time checking out an episode, a couple of weeks back, uh, October 21st, uh, my grandmother ended up having a stroke while driving, which was just pretty scary. Uh, She was in the car with my sister, who has autism, which is a separate story for a separate podcast and a separate show. But nonetheless, she ended up um, having a stroke while she was driving, pretty close to home. Uh, As far as I know, she got into a little bit of a fender bender. She doesn't remember much. Uh, Some good Samaritans uh, moved their car to the side of the road. And strangely enough, my grandmother walked home with my sister Uh, like I said, she wasn't very far from the house, walked home, um, came into the house and we have a a homemade that helps with my sister and said, Hey, listen, you want to take a look at your grandmother? She doesn't look too good. Uh, needless to say, she didn't, uh, she was having a stroke, ended up having her in the hospital, get, you know, calling an ambulance. She went into the hospital for, uh, roughly nine days, almost 10 days, uh, in varying types of ICUs, got moved to rehabilitation and did rehab until earlier in no, uh, mid-November and has been home ever since. So uh, that threw a lot of uh, different monkey wrenches into how things are here in my home. Uh, nonetheless, uh, things are starting to get to some semblance of normalcy and you know, we got through Thanksgiving and everything and, uh, lots to be thankful for. Uh, sadly, uh, I remain unemployed, which is, uh, something I'm not thankful for, but nonetheless, um, it was a blessing in disguise because it let me be here, uh, to assist my family with everything going on, be a resource for my grandmother's situation and help that along and allow me to fine tune and strategize what is going to be next, uh, for toys and tech of the trade. So, Usually, I release our Toys and Tech of the Trade holiday gift guide er, very early in the month, and I decided too many people and too many things are sprinting to the finish of 2020. We're jumping from one holiday to the other, not letting people marinate and enjoy, whether it's Halloween or Thanksgiving. Everybody's jumping right into Christmas and, you know, looking at the uh, remaining amount of time on the calendar as just the end of a year that has had, you know, it's fair amount of challenges for many of us. But for me, what I wanted to do was I wanted to actually do the podcast and launch the gift guide when it was the quote unquote start of the holiday season, which is after Thanksgiving. As such, I had originally recorded this show, uh, this portion of, of the gift guide well before Thanksgiving. And After thinking about it and kind of mulling it over for a bit, I decided, you know what, I'd rather scrap it and record it after Thanksgiving just to really get into the quote unquote holiday season. And um, again, many of us are doing our shopping from home. Uh, Some people aren't even doing that because they're uh, the economics of their personal life aren't allowing them to have uh, quote unquote uh, the usual holiday season. And I want to respect that because there's a lot of people that just are aren't doing great financially and as such I wanted to put this out there and give people resources 
but give you resources, not only for those that are in your life that are creators and entrepreneurs that you want to buy gifts for, but you know what? Giving gifts to yourself to help you be a better creator, a better podcaster, uh, a better business person. If you're trying to launch a business, I know a lot of people are in the midst of launching businesses amidst this pandemic, either because they know that this is the time or because they're just motivated because they're home and they need things to do, but you'd be surprised. So unlike gift guides from previous years, we're going to try and give you not only some recommendations on tools and resources that you can get uh, yourself or loved ones, but I also want to kind of break things up and dig a little deeper into the quote unquote toy side of things and give you folks just some things to take your mind off what's going on. Um, maybe your loved ones or uh, whoever that needs that little bit of disconnect to kind of take the edge off because that's kind of where many of us are right now. A lot of us are hoping to just, you know, make it through or survive 2020 instead of just taking a little bit of uh, you know, fortune cookie wisdom here and enjoying what we got because there's people that are far worse off than we are. So with that said, and that little bit of, um, you know, hallmark, uh, messaging out of the way, I'd like to jump into the 2020 holiday gift guide and hopefully give each and every one of you something that you can either get yourself or get your, uh, aspiring entrepreneur, podcaster, content creator that can help them on their journey. And like I said, when we get to the toy section, we're going to have a lot of cool stuff that we're going to recommend. Some of it is stuff that may be on your radar. Some of it may not be. But nonetheless, let's get to it and kick off the 2020 Toys and Tech of the Trade Holiday Gift Guide. So in the midst of my my brief hiatus, a lot of folks I've either consulted on or helped them launch their podcasts And a lot of people are doing podcasts about things they're into, passion projects. But I also know a lot of people that are looking into, well, that are looking to do more interview-based stuff, talk to other people that are either experiencing similar things that they are or are just in similar fields that they are. And the one thing that a lot of people have asked me is, you know, how do I get good at interviewing? How do I get good at, at just engaging with my guests and First thing I tell a lot of people is uh, think of people whose interviews you've watched that you've enjoyed, um, rewatch them, look at the host, look at the interviewer, see what they're doing, see how they're engaging with their guests, what questions they're asking, how they're how they're structuring the interview. Is it more conversational? Is it more the the guests just being allowed to speak and then the interviewer popping in and just, you know, navigating the interview in a certain direction? Everyone has their own interview style, but the one thing I tell people is start there. Start with the people who you're into. Start with interviews you've enjoyed. Uh, listen to other podcasters. Listen to other podcasts that conduct interviews. Uh, obviously, you know I'm gonna uh, show myself because I I think I do a pretty decent job. But the thing about it is use that first. Draw inspiration from there. But along the way, there's always tools and tactics and tips that can help. And one of the things that was on my radar quite a bit, thanks to uh, the cookies in our browsers recommending things, was Poddex. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what the hell is that? So Poddex is a set of cards that have interview questions that you can use for not only your interviews, but for different aspects of an interview. If you're talking entrepreneurship, there's a deck with entrepreneurial questions. There's icebreaker questions. There's different uh, fun questions, thought-provoking questions that can help you not only break the ice, but can also help make the interview just unique and different. Now, of course, let me preface, and this goes back to being in elementary school. Don't just read a question off a card. Make the question your own. Make it part of your conversational style, make it part of what you do, and then take that and apply it to your podcast, your vidcast, whatever uh, medium you're doing where you're engaging with a guest. Because the hardest part 
obviously, besides growing your podcast and promoting your podcast is getting guests and making sure that you're not only getting them, but making them feel comfortable, making them feel welcome and making them want to come back because it's very easy to say, hey, I'm going to do a quick Q&A and pose some questions or maybe go on Twitter and get questions from your audience. But again, at the end of the day, it's you and your guest and you need to go and really fine tune that because that guest experience can translate to them recommending you to other guests. Hey, I stopped on this podcast. Uh, so-and-so asked me some great questions, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of different stuff, not the usual cookie cutter stuff. And Poddex was surprisingly solid. Travis, the creator of Poddex has really not only taken Poddex and made it essential as a, in the toolkit of any podcaster, but he continues to innovate and keep it fresh and keep it awesome. So much so that now you can get Poddex as an app on your iOS or Android device. So you can get all the different decks right on your device and you can take those questions. And this is the, the dopest part of, of the Poddex app. You can build your own deck. So you can go into, let's say, icebreaker questions. You can go into the entrepreneurial deck. You can go into, um, you know, if then scenarios, just a bunch of different things that will let you just up your ante and be a better interviewer. Uh, like I said, pod decks is awesome. Whether you want to get something analog and just have the deck of cards on you to go in the digital route and it's, it's a paid app, but let me tell you, I've, I, I bought the app on iOS when, Travis announced it and I went through it and I was just like, eh, let me see what it's all about. You know, what's the what's the big deal? It might make me a better interviewer, but it might give me a couple of questions that I've never thought of asking. And man, was I blown away by the amount of different questions, different things that that Travis th thought of for these different decks. Like I said, there's a deck for every situation and I initially I was going to do a whole big episode just dedicated to pod decks. And I may even try to get Travis on a future episode. But if you are looking to be a better interviewer, you can, like I said, watch a bunch of interviews, read a bunch of books, but give pod decks a shot uh, for Black Friday. He was actually doing the decks for like, I think it was 10 bucks a deck. And again, a $10 investment that may give you hours and hours of content for your podcast or your vlog or your vidcast, whatever it is that you're doing in terms of engaging with another human being, I'm all for it. So Poddex is uh, the number one recommendation for our 2020 holiday gift guide if you are a podcaster and a creator. All right. Sticking with uh, the our, our content creators and our podcasters, one of the biggest things that has come up often, especially now that so many people are on Zoom and doing Skype and GoToMeeting and Microsoft Teams, whatever it is, is a microphone. Yes, having a decent camera for all of this is good, but a microphone is key. And there's a couple of recommendations that I've always said are my tried and true recommendations, such as the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which is a great mic. You can pick it up for sometimes 50, 60 bucks, and it's easy to recommend that. But I've been working over the last few years with a lot of road stuff. Uh, you know, we have a Rodecaster Pro here in the Rageworks studio. I'm using a Rode, uh, Rodecaster mic. Um, the thing that got me recently was their new quote-unquote entry-level mic, which is the Rode Pod mic. It's 100 bucks, but man... Does it stand shoulder to shoulder with some of the hitters that are out there? I'm talking about, you know, like I said, the ATR 2100, some of the more expensive 200, 250, $300 mics. Uh, the Rode Pod mic definitely stands on its own. So much so that I actually picked up uh, an, extra, an extra pair to have here in studio just so I can keep the, the Rode consistent sound throughout any of my broadcasts. Plus, now that I'm actually not leasing out my home studio, but letting it uh, be used by some of our other hosts, I'd like to keep that consistent sound and just having 
you know, the Rodecaster Pro, some Rode mics, it definitely has made a difference in terms of sound. If I needed to give a secondary recommendation, it's a brand new one that just launched from the folks at Shure, the Shure MV7. Um, obviously, when it comes to podcasts, one of the easiest recommendations is the Shure SM7B. It's one that has been used in countless podcasts, countless radio shows, and it's great. But the MV7 um, has something much like the ATR2100, which is USB plug-in capabilities plus XLR. And the craziest thing is you can use both of them simultaneously. It's, um, again, easier on the pockets than some of the, the bigger mics, but it again, it works really well. It has a companion app that you can use with it, but it has, more importantly than all of that, great sound quality. If you love the sound of the Shure SM7B, the Shure MV7 may be another one to consider. And I'm only sharing it because I wanted to just give another alternative to the Rode Pod mic. Now, I mentioned the Rodecaster Pro. I got to tell you, um, you don't want to get into gear acquisition syndrome. You don't want to get gas. Don't want it. You don't need the big $500 mixer. You don't need the, you know, the, the crazy audio interface. You don't need any of it. You can do a podcast with a USB mic. You can do all of that with easy, cheap tools. It's all about technique and just being comfortable in your own skin. And as you get better, then you can increase uh, different facets of your your quality, whether it's, you know, a better microphone, better headphones, uh, noise cancellation in your space, wh- whatever it is. But yes, the Rodecaster Pro is phenomenal. I love it. It eliminated. I had a bunch of equipment here in my office. I had a noise gate. I had, you know headphone splitter. I had a bunch of things. I had a, a separate thing that I plugged in for sound effects. The Rodecaster Pro eliminated all of that. You get four XLR channels. You got uh, what I like to say, two-way USB. You can connect your phone so you can do interviews right through your phone into the mixer and record into the mixer. And it even has Bluetooth as well, which I've used for some of the calls that I've done where I don't want to, uh, you know, wear my AirPods or something like that. I'll just pair my phone to the mixer and use the Rode mic that I currently have plugged in. And on top of that, and this is one thing I really, really enjoy, I've gone and done Instagram Live and some of the other stuff with the phone uh, serving as the video portion, but the audio is being provided by my mic through my Rodecaster Pro. So if you're going to do Instagram Live, things like that, you want to up the ante a little bit. You want to increase the quality of your podcast or, you know, videos, etc. The Rodecaster Pro is great. It's a little bit pricey, like I said, but if you're really into upping the ante of your product, I, I definitely can say that the Rodecaster Pro is great. But like I like I said, you don't necessarily have to go that route as well. Zoom actually dropped a really awesome piece called the PodTrack P4. Not only is it a dedicated podcast recorder, but it comes from a reputable company, which is Zoom. You can plug in up to four XLR mics and record in multi-track. Plus, there's independent headphone control for each participant. And you can connect it to your smartphone, your computer, your tablet to record remote calls. You can use it as a USB audio interface and, like I said, as a portable recorder. It even has little sound pads for you to play music and effects during your shows. And most important, it's a little easier on the pocket coming in at $200. Um, I love Zoom stuff. We have a Zoom H6 here that I use as a secondary recorder in addition to recording into the Rodecaster Pro. And you're probably saying to yourself, but Rich, you know, why do I need a secondary recorder if the Rodecaster Pro is my main recording or if I'm recording into my PC or my laptop? Well, the answer is simple. You can never, ever, never, ever, ever have enough backups. 
whether you you get a blue screen of death on your computer, whether the power goes out in your house, whatever the case may be, a secondary recorder that is either USB powered with a USB battery backup or just regular double uh, A or triple A batteries is a godsend. On top of that, you can grab something like the H6 or even some of the lower tier stuff and take it with you if you wanted to record on the go, if you wanted to grab some man on the street, woman on the street uh, interviews for your podcast or whatever content you're creating. Again, don't relegate it to just the stuff that you're having at, you know, at arm's reach when you're recording at home. But if you want to record on the go, don't want to lug around a mixer or some of this other stuff. Like I said, I used the Zoom H6. Before that, I used the H4. Before even that, I used the um, the first Zoom, the little stick recorder. I believe it's the H1. But I got to tell you, the Zoom PodTrack P4 is a tremendous piece of kit for such a low, low price point. So definitely a recommendation I wanted to throw out there for those of you that are enduring sticker shock with a Rodecaster Pro. Next up, obviously, we've talked a lot about audio. I want to talk about video, but I also want to talk about uh, photography and, you know, image capturing in general. Whether you're a podcaster, whether you're a, a YouTuber, whether you're an aspiring photographer, hell, whether you're someone that wants to just take better pictures of their kids or their pets, a good camera, obviously the best camera is the one you have on you at all times, which if you have uh, some some of the latest smartphones that are out, you're probably going to have a great camera. But sometimes you don't want to just leave it all to your phone for whatever reason. So I want to recommend a couple of different image capture devices that can serve more than one purpose. Uh, when it comes to cameras, I'm a Sony shooter, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be a Sony shooter. I like the Sony a6400. It's currently what we shoot with here. Doesn't have a recording limit. Shoots in 4K. Um, can use a bunch of different E-mount lenses. It's it's nice. It's not too expensive. And it does the job. And you can even use it as a webcam. Either with Sony's uh, software. They recently released an update that lets you use your your mirrorless camera as a webcam. Or you can even run the HDMI into something like a cam link or an HDMI capture card and use it that way. So you can get really crisp, beautiful pictures, whether you're on a Zoom call or Skype or you're recording talking head videos, whatever the case may be. Love the Sony a6400. And even if you get it with a kit lens, which is the 16 to 50, the small lens, it definitely does the job. Sure, you can spend a little more money and get some nice glass, and there's definitely glass that I can recommend until I'm blue in the face, but the Sony a6400 as a whole checks off a lot of boxes if you're looking to up your image capture game, whether, like I said, it's taking pictures of your loved ones now for the holidays, um, you know, improving your picture quality for your Zoom calls, or just if you're doing YouTube or even product photography, just a good camera speaks volumes and the best part is and people fall into this trap all the time buy the camera spend more money on lenses sure the a6400 is great but there's plenty of you can go 6100 you can go a little bit more it's all about budget i like the 6400 i think it's awesome it's taken amazing pictures of my very very active two-year-old toddler which is great so, you know, fast action photography is awesome and just a ton of great product photos that we use for Rageworks. And we, even some of the YouTube videos that we've taken lately have all been done with the A6400. Now, if you love Canon or you want something a little cheaper, the Canon M50 is a massive, massive value. It's a Canon's mirrorless and it is incredibly underrated. Um, a lot of people complain because it crops the image if you shoot in 4K. Well, let me tell you, if you're just taking some photos, some videos for your YouTube channel, the Canon M50 does the job. It's not that expensive. You can probably pick it up for less than $500. I 
Uh, BNH is your friend. Sometimes they have open box deals. You can even get them refurbished from Canon and save a ton of money. And the lenses aren't expensive. Plus, you can get an adapter and use regular Canon glass as well. So again, a Sony A6400, Canon M50 are both phenomenal. Now, if you want to go and be a little bit more artistic with your videos, you know, a lot of people are going to recommend gimbals. You can get different gimbals, whether it's to hold your phone. I personally am more partial to the Osmo Pocket gimbals. They're really nice. You can capture some great video, slow-mo, and it's all stabilized and really, really nice. Osmo actually came out with their new Osmo Pocket 2, which they have a creator kit. It'll run you 500 bucks, but man, the amount of stuff you get in there, you get a tripod, you get a wireless microphone, so you don't have to worry about, um, you know, the audio quality. You can just un, you can take the microphone that it comes with, clip it right to your lapel and set your Osmo pocket on a table, uh, have it follow focus your face and you're off to the races. If you want to create talking head videos or if you want to do voiceover while you're recording travel vlogs or anything that you want to just give a little extra um, voice to when it comes to your storytelling, the Osmo Pocket Creator Bundle is a no-brainer. Like I said, it's going to run you 500 bucks. You don't need it, but I really think that for the holidays, it's great. It's very small. You can throw it in your pocket. If you want to run around and capture the holiday lights with your kids and don't want to worry about pulling out your phone or taking your big camera with you, the Osmo Pocket is clutch. I definitely, definitely endorse it. Now, when it comes to multifaceted devices, one of the biggest things that has been huge for me in 2020 has been my iPad Pro, mostly because with the Apple Pencil, I can just write on it, take notes, etc. Obviously, if you have something like the Samsung Note, you can laugh at me in Samsung. But as a as a previous Note owner, and which I do miss, I got to say that the iPad Pro is a welcome substitute. But you can also get um, you don't have to get a pro series iPad if you need to use the pencil. Um, I believe it's the latest iPad Air that can use the Apple pencil as well. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes for this episode just for some clarity. But I love the iPad Air. But any tablet will do the job if you want to use it to consume content, whether it's videos or books. I, I mean, my iPad Air, I mean, excuse me, my iPad Pro gets a lot of time more so with me reading than anything else. You know, I have the Kindle app on there and I just have all my books, uh, read a lot of comics. I've been doing a lot catching up on a lot of stories as of late via the Comixology service and also Marvel's uh, service as well. So definitely a great piece to have. Plus, if you get something like Poddex, which I mentioned earlier, you can download the app right into your iPad, pull up the questions, add that to your workflow, and it just it's a it's a great piece of tech. I mean, you know, some people have a love-hate relationship with Apple, but the iPad is, is it has never let me down. I'm not gonna complain. And I definitely can't uh not recommend it because it definitely does the job. Now, we've talked about audio, we've talked about video, we've talked about photos. Here's something that was a big rookie mistake on my part. And I want to put this out there for uh, entrepreneurs, content creators, and it is collecting emails. Let me tell you, collecting emails was a rookie move that I dropped the ball on. And even now I'm still trying to make it, make it up, but it's nowhere near where it should have been had I started earlier. And I'll tell you why, because If you engage with your audience on Instagram primarily and Instagram goes away tomorrow, how are you going to reach out to those people? If Twitter goes away, same thing, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing that is a constant is email. People still access it. People still use it. People still open emails. I mean, I get sometimes 500 emails a day and out of 500, I still, I can at least say that I open at least 150 to 200 of those emails 
because they're actual pertinent things that I've signed up for, whether it's newsletters or just regular correspondence, but email is clutch. Now, obviously collecting emails, all of that stuff, there's a bunch of different services out there, but I got to give a huge shout out to the folks at AppSumo, uh, Noah Kagan, everybody over there. They came out with a product, which is SendFox, and you can get a lifetime uh, service with, uh, I believe it's forty nine ninety nine. And it lets you just collect uh, and send a ridiculous amount of emails. It's a small investment, but it's clutch. You don't have to, it doesn't have a steep learning curve. You can create an email in just a few minutes. You can launch a, a campaign very quickly. You can tie it to your blog or your website so that when you post new content, it actually creates like a, like an email, almost like a, like a customizable template that you can send out with your latest posts, et cetera. And I'm actually using SendFox not only on the RageWorks Network website, but also on the main RageWorks site to collect emails and engage with our readers and our podcast network listeners, whether it's this podcast or any of our others. And I got to say, SendFox is great. Um, MailChimp is also good, but I like the simplicity of SendFox. And this is an instance in my personal opinion where I feel less is more. Sure, you can create this big, fancy, splashy looking email, but at the end of the day, people are going to open an email and, they, and they're going to skim through it. And if it gives them value, they'll really read it. And if it doesn't, write to the junk file and it's out of here. So if you want to just make sure that your content and your message is front and center, I got to recommend SendFox. They are fantastic. I really, really like what they're doing. Like I said, easy on the pockets. And more importantly, email is still viable. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It really is still viable. Next thing. We all have our cameras and our uh, setups in different parts of our home for Zoom calls. And you're probably saying to yourself, man, you know, my People can see my bathroom or people can see my kids. People can see my TV, et cetera. You, you want a little bit more clarity and professionalism. And of course, it's easy for me to go and recommend something like a green screen. It, it's, you're probably saying to yourself, why would I need that? Well, if you want to just hide your bookshelf or your weird, you know, tchotchke figurines that are in the background of all your Zoom calls, if you want to keep yourself front and center, a green screen will get the job done. Now, there's a couple different options you can go with. You can get a simple pop-up screen that you can actually mount on the back of your chair, which is pretty funny. It's, um, it's I want to say it's about 80 bucks. I'm going to include it just because it's a good low budget option that you can just clamp right on the, on the back of, on your chair back. And it's almost like a green screen halo that goes behind you. And you can just, you know, hide your background accordingly. But I do like the Elgato green screen. It's collapsible, even though they have also a wall mounted version, but it's a collapsible green screen. You can put it right behind your chair and pull it up in one step. Boom. You got the green screen right behind you. You can chroma key yourself out. I mean, you excuse me, you can chroma key your background. So it's just, you know, you on a transparent background on your call. You can have a little fun with it and drop things in there. You know, the office space background or, you know, the office or whatever it is. You can have a lot of fun with the green screen. If you're doing product photography, you can, you know, put nice backdrops behind your photos just to spice things up a bit. Hell, you can even take it and turn it into a side hustle. And let, you're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? So let's say you take your collapsible green screen and you're an aspiring photographer and you want to go to, let's say, your local unemployment office and you want to tell people, hey, I'm going to offer headshots for your LinkedIn profiles for whatever, 50 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it is. All you got to do is you take your collapsible green screen, pull it up. Maybe you have the person stand. Maybe you bring a stool or a foldable chair if you want. Have them sit, take a photo, send it to them, text it to them, whatever the case is. Boom. You get a nice, clean, crisp photo that you can change the background, put something behind it if you wish. And again, not too crazy. 
Now, the Elgato green screen is going to run you about 160 bucks. Like I said, if you want something a little bit more low key, I'm going to give you the green screen that you can clamp to the back of your chair. It's going to run you between $75 and $85. I'm going to put a couple of different links in there to give you guys, uh, you folks, some options. Because again, this is what we're all about. Options, high cost, low cost, but value nonetheless. So definitely want to put that out there. Like I said, side hustle and even side hustle is such a, such a weird term to use. Just if you're hustling, if you're trying to do things to raise money, whether it's like I said, product photography, headshots, a green screen definitely will pay for itself. Now, Elgato's been running rampant with my wallet as of late. They've been putting out a lot of great products. Um, you know, besides their green screen, which I use, I use the Elgato Stream Deck, which at a glance you would think all oh, streamers can use that. But I've mentioned it before in previous gift guides. I'm going to mention it here. The Elgato Stream Deck is more than just something to start your, your, Twitch stream and put your little backdrops, etc. There's so much more you can do. You can use it to launch applications. You can use it to, um, you know, activate certain facets of your computer. I just recently picked up some Elgato lights because I want to try and really start taking Twitch a little bit more seriously. I can use the stream deck to control that. I can even use the stream deck to launch the Hindenburg journalist, which is what I use as my podcast editor of choice. There's so many things you could do with the stream deck and I really, really appreciate it. Elgato has just been knocking home runs out of the park from start to finish. They actually came out with these really cool um, arms that you clamp to your desk. So if you want to, you know, put your camera on an arm and put it behind your monitor, they offer that. But what I'm using the Elgato arms for is to do overhead shots. uh, When I'm doing product unboxings for YouTube uh, definitely give us a follow on our RageWorks YouTube channel if you haven't. Uh, we're going to be doing more action figure stuff, and I'm trying to just minimize um, the things in my studio. Number one, because I have a very active toddler that likes to touch things, but number two, I don't want things that can hurt her. And I was originally using a Glide Gear overhead uh, frame. It's basically it looks almost like an like half an H that you put on your desk. It has a little. Um, bracket in the middle you connect your camera and it's great for overhead shots but it's a big piece of hardware it's cumbersome and on more than one occasion that i've taken it off my desk i've tripped into it uh my daughter's kind of fallen against it so these elgato arms have been key they're gonna run you i believe it's 50 bucks for the smaller for the standard size arm and you can put a bunch of different attachments to it Um, it has a thread for you to screw on your camera easily, but you can also attach extensions, make it longer, make it stretch out like an L, etc. And again, not too crazy, not too expensive. Of course, you can do the same thing with a, with a tripod that has a center column that folds over. You can also do it with a C stand and, you know, I don't know what people's space situations are, but anything you can clamp to a desk and put on and take off is always good. So the Elgato arms, I'm going to put them in the show notes for this episode. They are massive. They really have been great. Next up. I know some of you are still out there traveling, whether, whether it's right or wrong, I'm not going to get into the politics of traveling for the holidays or traveling in general. But one thing I do want to say is that sometimes you don't want to listen to your iPod or your iPhone or even your tablet. Sometimes you just want to veg out and watch the in-flight movie, but maybe you don't want to buy the cheapo headphones that the airline is giving you. So something that saved my butt quite often when I was traveling for my day job was the AirFly. It was put out by a company called 12 South. And basically you plug it right into the headphone jack of the in-flight, you know, on the plane that you're on. And it will allow you to pair your Bluetooth headphones, whether it's your AirPods or anything else. You can pair it right with the AirFly, listen to the in-flight entertainment nice and easy. You don't got to get their corded headphones or anything. You can just use your favorites, plug it in. It's a simple device. It runs, I I believe it's like $29.99. I've even seen deals with it being substantially cheaper. 
but boy, was it a massive, massive assist uh, in those instances when I was flying down to Atlanta, where my home office was at the time. And I didn't want to buy the in-flight headphones for whatever reason, because I had a perfectly great set of AirPods. And I even had a set of Beats, uh, sport beat headphones at the time that were really, really my go-to when I was traveling, just because they had better noise cancellation than the air, the first gen AirPods, which I still stand by. The AirPods are great, but they would slip out of my ears often. So that brings me to the next thing. Good headphones. Good headphones will make or break your editing. They'll make or break your YouTube uh, viewing. They'll make or break your Zoom calls. Good headphones are key. Now, it's easy for me to go and tell you, hey, you can get this expensive set of headphones. But Audio-Technica makes, I, I use the M50 headphones here in the studio, and they're really good. But they also do uh, the M40s, which are phenomenal. I actually have some M40s here in the office for guests to go with the uh, pod mics. And they are the perfect mix of great sound quality and solid value for your wallet. So I'm going to make sure to include both sets of headphones as well. Like I said, I like AirPods for when I'm out and about. If you have an iOS device, I I could easily recommend them, but I'm not. And I'll tell you why. Um, Everyone's ear canal is different. And a lot of people, you know, the AirPods will slip out of your ears. But I got to tell you, the, uh, the Beats Pro sport headphones, even though they're pushed for sport headphones, they are outstanding. They have, you know, rechargeable case and they have the little hook that'll hook behind your ear. You get that Beats quality sound. And yeah, they're a little bit more expensive. But like I said, you don't got to worry about my ear canals too big. My ear canals too small. The AirPod Pro tips fit, don't fit, etc. The um, I really like what Beats brings to the table with the Beats Pro. Um, they actually also came out with a $50 headset, which was the Band-Aid for when they remove the headphones out of new iPhones, which, you know, that's a separate conversation for a separate show. And I tried them. They're not bad. But like I said, for, for a couple of bucks more, you can get some pretty decent Bluetooth headphones from any other manufacturer that are out, that's out there. I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, say that Apple's the best with the stuff. Yeah, they have a lot of great products, but you can get similar results with cheaper products. But like I said, I like the AirPods. I use the AirPods Pro for most of my other stuff, but the Beats, the Beats get more usage because they just stay in my ears better. The AirPods Pro, I do like for the noise canceling. The noise canceling is no joke. I will say that. All right. So I think that's a great way to wrap up our tech side of things. Now let's switch it up and let's talk about some toys and some things to help you just lighten up your holiday season. So let's switch gears and jump into some toys. All right. So it wouldn't be toys and tech of the trade without some toy talk. So what are the toys that are on my radar for this holiday season? So it's very easy. Like I said, always say to just give real toy recommendations. But like I said, everyone's definition of toys is different. So I want to give a couple of different things out that some of you may find useful. Some of you may gift to your loved ones, but I got to tell you, they pay for themselves. And one of the first ones is the, it's it's pretty much any device that can make your home a smart home. Sure, there's Alexa, there's Google. I can recommend a bunch of them, and they're all great. But I got to tell you, the two that I that I use in my home are, like I said, Alexa and any of the Nest Google devices. They are great. They have a low barrier of entry. You can get them as cheap as twenty bucks. And you would say to yourself, "Oh, why do I need that? It's always listening, etc." There's a bunch of different options you can enable. Uh, you can turn off the microphones when you don't want to use it, etc. But I got to tell you, they have been great from something as simple as play, you know, nursery rhymes for my kid, which again, something you can do with your phone, but you can use a smart device. You can use that. 
uh, as an intercom system in your home, that has actually been the biggest benefit. Uh, with my grandmother home now, we put a, um, a Google home downstairs and you can intercom through the house and you can just say, Hey, broadcast. And it will send out a little chirp through the house for something like, Hey, can someone come downstairs? Or I've used it to just let people in my house know that dinner's ready. So I don't have to yell if the baby's sleeping. So a lot of different things. Um, Amazon does the same with Alexa. You can do stuff. You can even use the Alexa app on your phone and just call any of the Alexa devices in your house for the same thing. Hey, dinner's ready. Hey, can you come downstairs, etc. Um, the the Google ones, though, any of the ones with screens are great because we use Nest uh, doorbells and cameras in my home. And especially for the holiday season, man, porch pirates, they're out there. And I got to tell you, being able to see the Amazon delivery person clearly not ringing my bell <laughs> and throwing the packages on there just gives me that extra peace of mind for me to walk up to the door and grab my packages before someone else does. And again, there's different smart devices. You can use a bunch of different ones, but I got to say it's a matter of pre personal preference. I use both in my home, but either one of them do the job. Like I said, you can start with something small, um, like a small Alexa speaker, you can get them for sometimes 20 bucks, 30 bucks. They are massive from something as simple as asking the weather to schedule this or call someone, etc. And yeah, I, of course, if, if you're an Apple user, HomePod, etc. but that stuff is expensive. It really is like the HomePod mini, the big HomePod. It's great if you want to use like Siri and all that stuff, but I'm being honest we want low barrier of entry and stuff that easily works to complement that smart plugs, whether they're Amazon smart plugs, uh, the Casa smart plugs are really good. Smart plugs are a godsend. You can again, pair them with your smart home device of choice. And in this case, I'm going to use a, something so silly, but it works. Um, put a smart plug in my living room, plugged our Christmas tree into it. I can say, you know, hey, turn on the Christmas tree, etc. And, you know, if you want to show a two-year-old some magic, say, hey, turn on the Christmas tree and just have it automatically light up or activate Christmas mode, uh, different things. We have fun with that stuff. But again, uh, smart plugs are key. Uh, turning on lamps, turning on and off your PC. There's a bunch of different ways you can use them. Again, super cheap. I'll put a couple of different ones in the show notes for this episode. Those are some nice toys. Now, obviously, I can recommend Funko Pops till I'm blue in the face, but I'm getting out of that a little bit because they've been very expensive. But what's really impressed me as of late, if, if, you're, an, if you're into action figures, has been the stuff that McFarlane has been putting out. Uh, McFarlane Toys got the DC license recently, and they've been putting out some really awesome DC figures. Um from a variety of DC comics and shows, uh, whether it's Teen Titans, they got a cyborg out from Teen Titans, but I actually picked up a couple of Batman figures from some of the latest, like Dark Knight's Metal and um, other assorted Batman things like the games, etc. But it's not just all Batman stuff. He's doing Superman, Wonder Woman, all the usual characters. He did a really nice uh, Gal Gadot Wonder Woman 84 in the uh, golden armor that she wears in the trailer. Really nice figures. McFarlane's been knocking it out of the park. So if you're a DC fan, uh, definitely check out McFarlane's uh, DC line of figures. He is knocking them out of the park. Also want to throw a big shout out to the fine folks at Hasbro who have just been taking my money left and right with all of their great products. Whether you're a G.I. Joe fan, a Transformers fan, Star Wars especially, uh, Power Rangers, Hasbro has been killing it. Uh, their new G.I. Joe line is a reimagining of the classics, Cobra Commander, all of those guys. All of the figures that they've put out have been outstanding. Um, they also are doing like, uh, they've partnered up with uh, PCS, which is Pop Culture Shock, and they're doing really nice um, statues. If you're a G.I. Joe fan, uh, they're doing all the fan favorites, Storm Shadow, Snake Eyes, Destro, Cobra Commander. And the best part is they're only 50 bucks. They got a $49.99 price tag and they are 
phenomenal. I picked up a Cobra Commander. Uh, the paint job for the Cobra staff that he's holding isn't great, but overall, it's a very, very nice piece. They're also doing a line of Transformer statues as well that will run you, like I said, about 50 bucks. We'll make sure to include links to some of that stuff in the show notes. Now, of course, gotta talk some video games. They're, they're toys. They're great. And, of course, with the release of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and Series S, everyone's going crazy. But I gotta tell you, before I give my recommendations in the gaming space, I gotta tell you, do not pay resale. Don't do it. I understand that your kids or your loved ones or your family members, they may want that shiny new PS5 or that shiny Xbox. Do not pay resale. There will be more consoles, I promise you. Yes, it sucks that the bots, that people are using bots and buying up 10 PlayStations at a time, 10 Xbox consoles. It's a big pain in the butt, and I, and I feel for you folks. I've been trying to get myself an Xbox Series X, and it has been impossible. I got, a, I, I got lucky and got a PS5 thanks to an assist from my, my, my Rageworks teammate, uh, Slick, but... Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to get a PS5 either. But in any case, sure, I can sit here and tell you get a PS5, get an Xbox Series X. But honestly, I I, want to recommend the Switch, of all things. The Nintendo Switch, not only because it's an incredible value, but because you can get the uh, sign up for the Nintendo account and download retro games and play retro games on the system. You know, NES classics, etc. But... The best part is the Switch gives you the best of both worlds. You can plug it into the dock and play it on your TV, or you can take it on the go and enjoy those same games, whether you're on the bus, the train, etc. It's a great all-around system. There's an amazing library of games. Uh, Any of the first-party stuff is always top-notch. You know, any Mario, Zelda is always great. Love all of that stuff. A lot of people have been playing Animal Crossing. Not my cup of tea, but a lot of people speak highly of the game. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection, which is going to have Super Mario 64, you know, those 3D style Mario games in one collection for you to play on the go, which is outstanding. Love, love any Mario games. I'm a, I'm a huge sucker for those, so I still play them. So that's uh, my console recommendation. Yes, I can say get a PS5, get an Xbox, but that's that's just too easy. And like I said... It's just way too difficult right now. If you can get one, great. Um, If you can't, it's all good. There's still great stuff available for the PlayStation, which leads me to the other gaming recommendation, the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. You can play it on the PS4, and you can play it on the PS5. And like I said, it's it doesn't matter. It, uh, on, on whatever console you play it on, it is an outstanding game. Um, I love what Insomniac did. It's even being included in our Rageworks gift guide, but just a great game. If you can pick it up and you got a PS4 or even a PS5, I cannot stress how amazing Spider-Man Miles Morales is. Just a fun game, very enjoyable, a lot of fan service, especially if you enjoy the Miles Morales Spider-Man. If you like Spider-Verse, there's just a lot of great stuff. Speaking of Spider-Verse, if you can get a launch edition copy of the game, you'll get a code to use the Spider-Verse costume in the game as well, which is awesome. So definitely got to recommend that. So Nintendo Switch, Mario 3D All-Stars, um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, all recommendations. Lastly, this this is a little crazy. I know some people have asked, and they've seen it either on my Instagram, uh, Rageworks Rich, or even on the regular Rageworks Instagram, and it's uh, some of the Marvel Legends props that I've been picking up. Uh, The Thanos Infinity Gauntlet, the Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet, Black Panther's Helmet, Captain America's Shield, all through the Marvel Legends line. Great additions to your home office. They're all outstanding. But the craziest piece that just was recently announced is the Stormbreaker, uh, which is you know Thor's weapon in Avengers Endgame. Man, what a great piece. Hasbro's been knocking out of the park uh, with these collectibles. Like I said, I picked up the Thanos gauntlet recently. I mean, I picked up the Thanos gauntlet, but I picked up the Iron Man gauntlet 
for a steal. I think I got it for 70 bucks at a local GameStop. And I got to tell you, it's a great piece. Uh, lights, sounds, just a, a really great piece for your home office or, you know, your she shed or your man cave or your basement, whatever it is. Um, love everything that Marvel Legends has been putting out, but that Stormbreaker piece is outstanding. It's a it's a big piece, though, so you got to either have the wall space or the desk space. Uh, excuse me, the shelf space or wall space to display it because it is great, but the Stormbreaker piece is outstanding. Now, if you're a fan of Star Wars, they're even doing some great um, Boba Fett helmets, they're doing a helmet for the Mandalorian, of course, which is to be expected. Uh, Hasbro's also doing a helmet for Cobra Commander and for Snake Eyes. So they're going to be some really cool ones for G.I. Joe fans. So definitely got to recommend those if you want to add something a little bit more uh, large to <laughs> your home office. Those are some great toys that I can recommend. Lastly, we're all home for the holidays. There's a lot of uh, cooking that's going to be done, whether you are an amateur cook or a novice cook. Uh, one of my favorite cooking toys or my kitchen toys is my instant pot, my instant pot and my air fryer. It's a, it's a, it's a toss up and I'll tell you why the instant pot, you can always find them on sale for the holidays and they are the one versatile tool that can make anybody that's even a mediocre cook, a pretty decent one. Uh, you can slow cook, you can pressure cook, you can make rice in it, do a bunch of things. They're cheap. Like I said, you can get a decent one for 50 bucks now for the holidays. Walmart does a bunch of deals. Love the Instant Pot. Used it for making mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving. Use it to hard-boil eggs in bulk. Uh, use it for a bunch of dishes when I was doing my keto diet. There's so many things you can do with it. Like I said, it replaces a bunch of different appliances. It has a slow cooking, um, excuse me, a slow cooking function. If you want to do stews and chili, etc., it's great for that. Uh, but if you want to do some of the other stuff, you know, tougher cuts of meat, which are cheaper, uh, especially now. And if you're cooking in bulk, especially cuts the cooking time in half, uh, sometimes even more so. So you want to make that beef stew and, you know, you want to crank it out really fast, do it in bulk. Uh, the Instant Pot will get the job done. Like I said, if it wasn't that, my other toss-up would be an air fryer. Uh, I'm using one from, uh, I want to say, I believe it's Cuisinart that we have. It's a toaster oven air fryer combo. Outstanding. Air frying, uh, you know, pickle chips, french fries, uh, tater tots. Again, stuff to cut cooking time in half, cooking cooking quickly, and cooking in bulk is massive. It's two of my favorite kitchen toys uh, that I've been using as of late. Love them both. Uh, we'll put some links to some recommendations. Uh, listen, for air fryers, Instant Pot is doing one. I got to play with it once. A friend of mine has it. Pretty cool. Um, Ninja has been killing it with their uh, Instant Pot type you know, devices as well as their air fryer. So I'll put links to that in the show notes as well. And um, the last thing I want to say, and this is a gift that is important, whether it's for toys, whether it's for tech, it is time. Time is the best gift you have, whether it's taking that time and putting it towards growing your business, growing your brand, growing that passion project into a business, but more importantly, the time you have with your family, with your loved ones, with those closest to you is bigger than any gift that I can recommend. Time is time is what we all need. We need more of it. And not only that, we need to make the most of it. So that's the best gift I want to give all of you guys. It's time and I think that's a great way to kind of bring this show full circle time and listening. That's, that's really it. Listen to those around you. Listen to those that want to give you real actionable advice to, uh, improve your businesses, improve your content, etc. Not everybody's trying to steal your idea. So, you know, go out there, engage network, listen to other people, and not only that, but make sure you have people that will listen to you, especially as we're getting into the tail end of the year 
there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on. So many of my peers, those closest to me, uh, they really just need people to listen. And when I mean they need people to listen, I mean we're so busy working, trying to take care of everybody, our businesses, that we don't take care of ourselves. And it's it's prevalent. I've I'm guilty of it. It's happened more than I care to admit. But one of the biggest things that has helped get me back on track is people that are in my circle that listen. Find those people and share what's going on. Make sure they listen. Hell, I can be that person. You know, if you're going through some challenges, you you need an ear, shoot me a line. I, I said it in in the episode about entrepreneurial depression. I'm saying it again. Shoot me a line. Hey, I got a problem. I'm trying to do this. Do you mind, you know, I share, I run it by you, whatever it is, no judgments, you know, you can send it my way. I'll, I'll try and answer. I'll try to listen because sometimes that's what's going to make or break somebody that's, you know, on the edge is the fact that they don't have that one person to listen to them. So if I can give you any other gift to wrap things up, it's time and listening. And I think that to wrap things up, I am grateful that you folks listen to me for all the content we put out. I truly, truly appreciate it. And more importantly, I appreciate your time, the time that you take to engage with our content, whether it's written audio video, I truly, truly appreciate it. And I think that's a perfect way to close out our 2020 gift guide. Now, with that said, uh, we're releasing this episode first week of December, uh, we're probably going to try and do one or two more episodes for December, take a brief break to, again, recharge, listen, and make the most of the time we got. Then we're going to hit it hard in 2021 and try and do some more awesome stuff with our podcast, with the RageWorks Network, and everything else. One thing I will share is that I hope to, hopefully in 2021, open up our brand new creative space where people can come in, record their podcasts, uh, you know, record their content, whether it's YouTube videos, unboxing videos, vlogs, all of that stuff. We want to give people a space locally that they can come in. If they don't have a space in their home, all they got to do is bring their SD card and bring their content and press record and we'll take care of the rest. So the goal is to have that up and running uh, spring 2021. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with that, we're actually um, setting up an email list that you can sign up for and stay up to date with the development of the creative space, where we're at, etc. Right now, um, aside from naming, locking down all the social, uh, it's getting money to launch it. So that's kind of where we're at. But nonetheless, you want to stay up to date with that particular project. We'll make sure to include a link in the show notes for this episode for that, for you to stay up to date. And there will be links to everything we've discussed in this episode as well. As always, full transparency, some of that stuff may contain affiliate links, which if you use, it will give us a little bit of a commission again at no additional cost to you. So if Something we recommend is $19.99, and you click the link and you buy it, it's $19.99. We may get a small commission, but it does not affect the price. Too many people uh, think that using affiliate links is you know, them paying someone a commission. It's not. Or they're all, all we're being paid a commission on is you using a link and purchasing a product. So a lot of the links we'll have in the show notes for this episode will be affiliate links. Like I said, any commissions we make go towards giving you folks the best content possible, whether it's good on air content, good video content, good written content. That's where the money goes back into the business to give you guys the best experiences possible. Thank you guys for checking out the toys and tech of the trade 2020 gift guide. I hope you and your families had a great Thanksgiving and you folks have a great holiday season. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, shoot me a message, rich at rageworks.net. You can engage with RageWorks on any social media platform of your choice. We are everywhere. We'll put links for that in the show notes for this episode. And last but not least, make sure to check out some of the other shows on the RageWorks podcast network. We truly do have something for everyone. You can follow us, uh, RageWorksNetwork.com. 
visit there. Check out all the shows. You can also find all the shows on the podcast platforms of your choice. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this episode once again, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the RageWorks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageWorksNetwork.com.